Hey, Maggie. Hi, Tim. Uh, that was a really big one. That was maybe a little too big. Um, <laughs> Who, for me or you? <laughs> I got like a roar in there. Uh, from me, from me. No feedback? Uh, yeah, it's big, it's big. Should, wait, should we redo it? You start. Hi, Maggie. <laughs> Hi, Tim. Okay, normal. That's a little more normal. <laughs> and hello, all tour. To our gorgeous, handsome, and beautiful listeners. And welcome to this um, bonus season one of the Psychologists Are In Psych Rewatch kind of wrap up and uh, really just a gratitude episode. That's, I I love that theme. I love a gratitude theme. I have been noticing um, the psychos are doing another psych night. They did this for a while, usually raising money for something they get together, but they also raise money for a good cause. And they are raising money for this one um, for the UNHCR, UN Refugee Agency, uh, which is just such a beautiful thing. And so I've been seeing these posts about them getting together and raising money for this. And, you know, they're calling it Psycho Psych Night. And I just, I had this moment of like, these are just, these are the greatest. The bestest people. (laughs) The bestest people. Like, to even think to do that, they do it often, how much they have supported us, um, how much they support each other. Isn't there a Twitter account for that for that particular Psych Rewatch group? Oh, yeah. I think there is a Psych Rewatch hashtag uh, in addition to our podcast, but I think they've, they've for years have been doing uh, their own, which is well, re- also so regardless, special. Regardless, after last week's season finale, afterwards, I was like, wait a second, that's too soon. I, I can't be, I'm not done yet. Like it really sort of snuck up on me that day and it felt like our our first season of our show ended without me sort of being prepared for it. Like I'm like, can we do another one? Because I don't think I I just really wanted to make sure I expressed my gratitude to um, you and to our listeners. And um, I mean, folks, kids, parents, (laughs) gang, dogs, turtles, cats, whatever. If you've been listening to our podcast, the entire first season of these psychologists are in the Psych Rewatch podcast. And I think you're pretty aware of how much this show means to Maggie and I. And mm-hmm. um, and just what an incredible experience it was for us. And um, the fact that it brought, that Steve, like you said last week, Steve really built a family when he created the show. And that family consists of obviously our castmates and our amazing crew and, and uh, writers and producers and uh, executives. And that extends to you listeners and all our amazing psychos out there who have supported the show so much. And without whom, without who, who or whom, I've heard, I've heard it ways. both ways. Ah! See what I did there? You did it too. <laughs> so on. simpatico. So simpatico. But without you guys out there watching and now listening to us, we wouldn't be here. There would be, there wouldn't be any psych family. So I just want to make sure you all know how incredibly grateful we are. And we get a lot of messages from people on um the social media, the Twitter and the um, the Instagram psychologists and accounts commenting on how Thursdays become their favorite day of the week because the new episodes drop. And I'm right there with you. And now I think for me, it's like Mondays because we tend to record the episodes around-ish, Monday-ish. Mm-hmm. So our amazing Devin and Emily can have time to edit and get the podcast ready to drop to you all on Thursday. So those po- those recording days have become my favorite day of the week. I I am with you, Tim. I mean, first off, thank you for saying all of that. And um, it's really been, I I also want to say thank you for joining and jumping in because um, we didn't really know what we were doing. 
we just <laughs> knew. Text me, was like, going to do a psychology podcast. I'm like, what's that? A, yes. <laughs> B, what's that? Um, but, uh, but it really has been, um, I mean, we, we obviously like figured it out, but we also have, uh, we've had so much fun going back and reliving all of our memories and also have to give like uh, shout outs to all the guests as well and their support. I mean, I remember the first time even just bringing this up to Steve and his immediate support, everybody's support and showing up and being guests and, and tweeting and sharing. And, um, you know, it's just really, I feel like we just have, it's really, really, really hard to like put it all into, into words. And I feel like in some way, as we've described this podcast, it's, it, it is a little bit of a, of a gratitude across the board. Every week is a gratitude podcast, because like you said, you know, Steve bringing all of us together, his no a-hole policy, um, and also I, I've, I've loved and that yet we still got on the show. That's the amazing thing. <laughs> it's, it's, still, it's a miracle. Miracles happened on psych. Um, it's, but it's true. I, uh, it, it, it is, it is just so special. And I, uh, getting together with you, Tim, every week and I don't know, it gives us an excuse to hang out even more. Well, likewise, <laughs> even, I mean, that's why I, I text you that night. It's like, can we please do this again? Just just a little bonus, a little soup song of some, a soup song of the Cycle Love Fest. Well, the good news about that. Oh, tell me you got something to announce. <laughs> is we have a lot of episodes and we've only done 16 so far. So Crazy. that means, uh, yeah, we're just going to keep rolling, guys. So season two. Because we want to keep those, those days special for everybody. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and, and for us. <laughs> and our Monday recording days. And really the amazing thing about this, doing this podcast with you is getting to go back and rewatch the episodes. Cause I haven't seen them since they first air, originally aired like a bazillion years ago. Right. So to be able to have that sort of trip down every lane every week and rewatch the episode and just re-fall in love with this show has been an incredible experience. So I wanted to keep going. So what are we going to do? Are we going to podcast the shit out of another season, Maggie? We're going to podcast the shit out of season two, and we're just going to keep going. We're not even, we're not even taking a break. We are, we are going to roll into season two. Um, I guess when this airs, we can say, yeah, next week, and um, and we're going to keep the love fest going. And it's because of you, psychos, too, that we we're going to we get to keep doing that. So love, 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 love you all so much, Tim. I love you so much, and. Uh, as you said, going back and reliving all these memories too. I remember in between season one and season two, um, we were all so superstitious. We may have told this story before, but all of us were so like, so we got picked up. We got our season two pickup, which I think we did know, right? When we wrapped season one, that we were, we were, we were coming back for season two. Yeah, we did. Cause it was, yeah. it was the first time I'd ever had a second season of a show to go back to. Same. I mean, Other we than- were- I think it was, I think it was like Dulé Hill who's, who had like a million shows to go back to. Right. So it was, it was totally a uh, shock and also then became, so, so it's so funny. I'm remembering um, the Olympics, the winter Olympics were coming in 2010. I believe that's when, when Vancouver had the winter Olympics and everyone kept saying like, oh, if you know, you're going to be up there buy real estate, buy real estate right. because it's going to soar. And, you know, and all of us were so nervous because we felt like if we bought anything, we would be jinxing uh, this thing. And in eight years, even when other, like I remember hearing other casts, like Supernatural, all those guys, everybody bought, you know, I think a home at some point or something up there that um, 
for themselves. We never did, but we did, we did try very hard to move as a group. Like I remember almost every time we had a new apartment or stayed at the Sutton or wherever we were, if, if you weren't in the same building, you were like right across the street. Like we couldn't be right. apart. <laughs> we wanted so to be furious a, text before the season. Here's what I just I signed a lease here. What about you? Yeah. It, and then it would be like, I don't know, but I'll get one across the street or nearby or in the same building. And we did. I feel like every year we all ended up within a block of each other. Within which, easy walking distance. Absolutely. A Starbucks or Winking whatever judge. would become the the hangout <laughs> bar for the, the headquarters for the for the year that year yeah whether um, it be the Winking Judge Joey's or uh, the Joey's, corner suite the corner suite Joey's that's right and the Gerard of course um, well of course if we well were. of course the Gerard's always there but yeah I, I, I was thinking back on that too I was thinking Tim did you know did you did you have any idea when we finished season one. That, that eight years later, we'd still be making this show and that 16 years later, we would be making a podcast. Keep making these freaking movies. <laughs> right um, here. Goodness, and no, making I did these not. movies. Of course not. Yeah. But I like, would have bought some real estate had, had I known that. You would have bought some real estate had you known that. Yeah, totally. No, I know. We. That's the thing. That's kind of part of the excitement about, I guess, what we do and also the the absolute terror is you you actually never know what the next year or next season or whatever is going to bring. We got so lucky on, on every, on every front, mostly with, with my partner. Likewise. <laughs> um, Devin Ruskin is our producer, um, that we have to the give amazing a, Devin Ruskin, the amazing Devin Ruskin, who we have to give like the biggest shout out to. She who every week, sorry, go, no, go, go you go every week. Cuts, edits our ramblings down to something coherent that you all can enjoy in one bite-sized piece of something audible and fun. And also, I don't believe, maybe one, I don't think she had really seen uh, an episode of Psych. And she has now become a full-blown psycho. So she's like not only our producer, she does the synopsis. So when I'm reading the synopsis every week and and we give her shit for saying someone's like an old man or something, even though... <laughs> We, it's, that was it's, me. I got a little sensitive. I was a little sensitive to that one. <laughs> My fault. It's it's all love. But hasn't she, happened again though. She no no it hasn't. <laughs> Devin, we're always just messing with you. But she's like watched every episode. She breaks down every episode. She knows the pineapple thing. She runs Instagram. She is asking fan questions. She's gotten to know all of you, and she just goes way above and beyond. And um, I can say. For many, many, many reasons and for many things that have happened over the months that we have been recording this podcast, like, we truly couldn't have done it without her. And uh, she is such a badass and uh, goes just goes above and beyond. Um, that's one. <coughs> Sorry, like, she's she will later cut out on my – I choked on my coffee. She's going to cut out on my <laughs> coffee. She, coughing. Coffee, she goes coughing. Through- Say that ten times fast. Coughing, coffee. Oh, that's a good delay exercise. That's a good delay, uh, delay warm up exercise. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Emily Crane, who is our kind of tech genius. So she's the the tech editor. Well, <laughs> we're very funny with our tech every week, even after all this time. It is still, you know, it all has a mind of its own, and we Although need to. I, I do have to say, um, th- today's bonus episode is the first time. <laughs> 
like I plugged everything in and it worked right away. And I didn't have to like suddenly frantically text you guys going, it's not working. What do I do? Because I am not the most tech savvy person with um, the microphones and the podcast. Um, Cut to two hours from now when we're like, Devin, nothing recorded. Yeah. So there's always about the first five minutes, usually um, me freaking out, Allison freaking out because she's helped me with, with tech and neither one of us know what we're doing really. And um, Emily will usually come in and she'll message us or she'll text us and say, here's how you fix this remotely. So thank you, Emily. Yeah. Emily will just jump on the Zoom and solve all the problems. Yeah. We love, we love, we just love both of you so much. And uh, this is such a love fest, another love fest. I love it so much. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm glad we're doing a second season because I just got, we just finally, because I want to be professional like you, I just got an actual ring light set up with a whole tripod and everything all professional like. Whoa. Really? So season two is going to rock. And season two is not just going to be Max and I. We're going to, again, keep keep the theme going with our some of, some of our amazing cast and yeah. creators and our favorite key, this is most important, our favorite key crew members. Um, okay, yeah, they really we are going to bring some crew members in this time. Yeah, 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 for sure. Oh, my God. We have the best. We have the best crew. Um, and they're still mostly all our crew. Because like, nobody loves the show because everybody loves the show so much, even our crew. Um, I love this. You got a fancy setup too, because I am going to hopefully as COVID starts to recede a teeny bit here, uh, be able to maybe do some in person again. Cause I miss seeing your face in person. Same. Likewise. Yeah. I miss seeing yours. Um, Devin put up a list. It's so wild. When I think about this now from the pilot spelling bee speak now, do you remember all these? Like Nine, la- oh, that was Andy's Weekend Warriors. Who are you going to call? Sean versus the Red Phantom. Forget me not from Earth to Starbucks. He loves me. He loves me not. Cloudy with the Chance of Murder. Game set. M- murder. Thank you. Well, hey, this is the first uh, podcast of us we've done where there's no actual murder. <laughs> he says knocking on wood and crossing his fingers. Hopefully neither one of us gets murdered. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. For those of you who have been listening from the beginning or you're just now joining us, Buckle up, because season two is going to be even more fun and love fest-like. Yeah. Yeah. We're just getting started. Um, well, I, now, since we're doing a little recap bonus, I have, yes. I have an opportunity to go back after listening to last week's episode um, with Goochberg. There was a first that I discovered and that we didn't talk <gasps> about. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Goochberg gave the first scarecrow, where, where someone refers to, to Lassiter's scarecrow, which oh, I think was, was one of James's favorite right. descriptions of, of Lassiter. Oh, my God. That's right. That's so funny. That's a good catch. I did not catch that at the time. So many firsts. I, I, had, I had it written down in my semi-professional notes, but I need to really up my my professional note game because my scribbles are so bad I can't even read them. <laughs> You're like a doctor. You know when doctors write prescriptions, you can never see what they actually wrote down. They tell you it's I, one thing. I just thing. got so excited talking to James that I forgot all about my notes. Yeah, exactly. Well, James does that. Um, so we thought for this episode, um, uh, we would do like a little compilation of all our favorite moments from the pod, from our Starbucks orders uh, and inside jokes to uh, hearing it both ways. Speaking and which, uh, as I'm you are drinking, drinking right now, I'm going to get my matcha latte as soon as we're done recording. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that that made you. Yeah, you are. Made you laugh. <laughs> My matcha latte. Um, anyway, um, yeah, from from inside jokes to hearing it both ways and um, and and hanging out and giggling with all of our great friends. Um, so. Especially the one opposite my screen right now. And opposite mine. 
Hey, here's a little fun fact for those of you who who watch the clips on the the Instagram feeds. The painting that's behind Maggie's head <gasps> is one that was actually done by the immensely talented Maggie Lawson. Oh my god, you're so funny, <laughs> and I'm totally and embarrassed. I'm like, probably going to cut this out. It's a double. It's son. the two sons on Tatooine, right? Tatooine, yeah, it's a double, double, double son, right? Stupid talented. And oh, if god. I speaking of talent, if I didn't totally emphasize it in last weekend's last week's scary Sherry episode, hmm. your version of Mary Lou Baumgartner. Yeah. Was truly just peak Maggie Lawson, the comedian <laughs> coming out. I mean, I mean you, you give so many amazing performances in this in the course of the series. Some beautiful dramatic ones, some beautiful emotional ones. And uh, but last week was my favorite episode comedic wise. So I can't wait to, to re- as we continue with the season for with season two to really dig into some of those amazingly beautiful dramatic and emotional moments. Cause you're so good, Maggie. So, Tim, thank you. I love you so much. Um, well, you make me so much better. You you make me better. I was shaking in no, my boots for like five episodes. You literally were like carrying us. Um, you but- put some sunglasses on. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but you're, you, I, it's so funny you say that about the comedic stuff because I actually felt like in that episode for you, Yes, all the funny stuff with Goochberg, but the moment at the end, and I think I mentioned this last week, and I'm just going to say it again, where you don't even speak after you leave the chief's office, and she's like, we're all surprised it didn't work out because of how similar she thought you might be or we all thought you might be, and you turn around and walk outside and throw a couple of waves at people, then you see us hanging out. Everything that happens on your face. It's it's a whole story. There could be a whole episode about what goes on with Laster. That's how good you are. That Thanks, and that Maggie. moment so lands sweet. at the end because of of you. We're giggling and being idiots, but but you you really like ground that. I just for us to go out on that as well as the finale. Um, I think was it just a big, I mean, we talked about this so much last week that it was such a turning point, but it really, really was. And such a, uh, I think also, uh, I knowing, I know how good you are and I always love watching you, but like rewatching and, and all the Lassiter isms and, and knowing you as a person and how much of a character you really built. Like we see a lot of ourselves, obviously in characters we, we play, but you transform into that into last I'm not crying. You're crying. Okay, I'm crying. <laughs> well, thinking that, I mean, that really was one of my favorite moments of season one. And the fact that James built that in for me was an incredible gift. Where we finally got to see a little bit of the, the real gooey side of Lassiter that obviously comes out on Tuesday the 17th. And yeah. Oh, I can't wait to get to Tuesday the 17th. Oh, my gosh. And do you have anything else you want to add about season one before we turn it over uh, to our favorite moments uh, for all of our listeners to enjoy? Um, I don't other just I want to reiterate for the 17th time my gratitude of how grateful I am for you having come into my life from this show and for our listeners and our our viewers giving us this platform to continue the love fest that was psych. I feel the exact same way. I am in awe of the um, love and loyalty that the people listening and also and psychos and people new listeners the ones who've been there from the beginning, everybody. And obviously for you, Tim, that's the, that's the most fun. It's getting out Speaking there. Speaking of live. viewers, I do have to say, I've got to give a shout out to, um, I've had two really amazing experiences with um, 
military personnel where people have come up to me and specifically a couple of Afghanistan vets who one was a writer on um, James LaPorta, who was a writer on This Is Us. Oh, yeah. Who told me how when he and his platoon, they were all huge psych fans and he and his platoon would be out and they all had, um, they had like an old video, visual uh, video iPod with all the episodes downloaded on it. And they would go into a house afterwards and they would all like set up all their, like kind of couple their, their speakers together. And they would all sit around and watch oh. episodes of Psych on this little iPod after going out and just getting killed. And and just, he would just tell me what this show meant to hit, meant to those guys. I know it's amazing. It's just, it, it just really is incredible to me just how much the show is meant to, like just stuff like that. Like, I mean, I know it's gotten a lot of people through their days, but to be part of a show that's gotten soldiers through their days mm-hmm. is just been incredible. That is really powerful and beautiful. Yeah. There was years ago, I got to go to the, uh, to the Middle East and um, hang out at a um, place called Camp Osalea, Camp Osalea in um, Qatar, which was the main R&R base for um, soldiers from Afghanistan and Iraq. This Lieutenant Colonel, this Marine Lieutenant Colonel who looked at, like he was 12 years old coming up to me and saying, Oh my God, that you, I thought I saw Lassie in the rack. I, I just emailed my wife and said, I thought I just, I just saw Lassie in the rack. <laughs> and so he went on to, again, tell me how important the show was to him. That is, that's so, be- thank you for sharing those stories. And, and especially right now, I, I remember when you went, I remember how moved you were by that entire experience um, across the board. I love that you did that. I was incredibly lucky to get to do that. And then the follow-up, there was a, um, with something, Maggot, this is a little side story for y'all. <laughs> so I was talking to this young soldier one day at this camp, and it was, you know, it's, it's an R&R base. They're getting to relax a little bit. And I said to the the kid, because he looked like he was 12, I was like, how do you like it here? And he goes, sir, they give me two beers a day and nobody's trying to kill me. I say, <gasps> okay. And um, because there was, a, there was a bar that you, they would, you, you, the soldiers would get a ticket for like to get two beers every day. So I took that story back to Maggie and whatever, no matter how good your job is, your life is, there's always something to complain about because that's human nature of hum- humanity. So Matt, when Matt, you know, we get a little pissy about whatever, like, wait, our trailers are how far from set? We've got to walk how far? <laughs> Maggie would look at me and go, Tim, two beers. Two beers. So it was this, it was this great grounding uh, shorthand that she and I have developed over the years. Well, that's your, it was your line. You actually told, told me that at one point. I remember you telling me that story and then telling me the two beers a day and nobody wants to kill me line. I'm like, that is brilliant. And, and we kind of held each other to that. Uh, uh, and now I think we even like shortened it to just two beers, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, no, it's, it's, we wouldn't mean to say, just two beers su- suffices it. Wow. I don't think I realized that was the origin story of that for you. Was from yeah, that. that. Was, uh, that was <sighs> me going to Qatar to visit. Even um, more special. These soldiers. Two beers a day and nobody's, so hey, everybody, I know life is tough out there, but two beers. Just remember that. You can take it. To, you can take you can take that for your own. That's my gift to you. Our gift to you. <laughs> Tim says, I love that. Yeah, I ran into someone the other day too, and I feel like this happens a lot. I mean, we've definitely had, I think, some people on Twitter reach out about this, but that um that people, it's been like added to their you know, if they're having a bad day, if they're going through a bout of depression, if they're going through something that that uh, on their, you know, pick-me-ups, uh, watching Psych is one of them. Um, I think one has even said that it's it's her therapist will say to her, you need to go watch some Psych. <laughs> I really didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how lucky are we that we get to have been part of a coverage show like this? Yeah. 
And again, all back to Steve and this creating this very special love and joy. And, you know, um, we solve crimes, yes, but it's overall a very light, light show. And the, we love you, Steve Franks. We love you, Steve Franks, so much and so beyond grateful, so beyond grateful to him and to the psychos and to you, Tim. And um, I just love you so much. And now here's some of our favorite episodes from season one of The Psychologist's are in the Psych Rewatch podcast. Yay! Well done, Tim. I've learned from you. Um, we podcasted the shit out of a whole season. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. And we're going to do it again for another season coming very soon to keep you all Thursdays happy and light. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, you all enjoy. We love you so much. Thank Bye. you. Love you. One thing we all need to be taken care of is our gut. It impacts literally everything, your weight, your mood, your digestion. And because your gut houses up to 80% of your immune system, a healthy gut is truly the gateway to feeling your best. Unfortunately, our bodies are being attacked every single day and wreaking havoc on our gut health. Stress, toxins, eating just one day of a Western-style diet— Thankfully, with Just Thrive Probiotic, it's now easier than ever to give your gut what it needs to thrive. Just Thrive's breakthrough award-winning probiotic is the only product on the market that is proven to turn your gut into an antioxidant factory, meaning you get maximum immune, digestive, and total body health support. It's vegan-friendly, gluten-free, dairy-free, histamine-free, and non-GMO, and has been loudly endorsed by some of the biggest health luminaries on the planet. So if you are looking for the best in gut health and immune support, choose the clinically proven award-winning power of Just Thrive Probiotic. Make this year the year you take care of you. For a limited time, get 15% off when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code PINEAPPLE at checkout. Adulting is bullshit. (laughs) It's an onslaught of WTFs at least 20 times a day. Sometimes we just need a break from the day-to-day drab. Maybe a couple of cuss words, middle finger or two, maybe uh, some good laughs. Whatever it takes to put adulting in a timeout. You need smartass and sass, you guys. The subscription box that will say everything you want to say so your mouth doesn't have to. Smartass and sass items are curated and personally tested by the SNS team, a group of really mouthy mofos who want you to get a good laugh in your day. SNS partners with some of the best small businesses to bring you trendy and snarky items each month. I got this box delivered one day, um, even before I knew about Smartass and Sass. I didn't even know what it was. I opened it up and I, uh, every single little gift inside made me laugh out loud. Uh, my favorite that I put to use right away were these little um, these uh, these little dishes. They look kind of like soy sauce dishes, but um, and and on each one it went through. The top one said "you've," the middle one said "ben," and the the last one said "poisoned." <laughs> I laughed out loud. Um, but every gift in the box was like this. It's so funny. And uh, such a great gift idea. Uh, there were fun little uh, office supplies and things inside as well. So honestly, truly, uh, I I love this. I think it is such a great idea. And it did make me laugh. And I think it would really brighten somebody's day. Each big box comes with one SNS design t-shirt, between seven to nine unique items, and is valued at 90 bucks plus. But it's only $54.95. And it's so fun. Um, you can send it as a gift. You can keep it for yourself. I kept all of mine. 
Subscribe at www.smartassandsass.com. Use code pineapple for 10% off your first subscription uh, or shop order. Follow Smart Ass and Sass on social media as well for your daily dose of attitude. Truly one of my new most favorite things. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Relationships take work, especially the most important one you can have in your life, your relationship with yourself. A lot of us will drop anything to go help somebody else we care about. We will go out of our way to treat other people well, but how often do we give ourselves the same treatment? Um, I, for one, <laughs> I'm pretty good on the self-care front. <laughs> I do feel like I do that. I also... Uh, I also do therapy and things as well because I think it's really important. I think it's really important just as much as we do all the physical stuff for ourselves, like, you know, our physical fitness and all of that. Our mental health fitness is just as important. So this month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does. And therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. Uh, you guys, BetterHelp is fantastic. I actually uh, tried it myself. It's so easy to sign up. You're matched with somebody so fast. It's just, it's it's very easy. I honestly think it's going to change the way we do therapy in a lot of ways. So, um, and also just the availability uh, if you need something, you know, fast and, um, and it's all done local. Like you can find someone even in your area if you want. It's all, it's all, it's pretty amazing. And, and it's so, so simple to sign up. BetterHelp Online Therapy. Hang on. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and the psychologists are in listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash pineapple. That's betterhelp.com. B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash pineapple. We used to entertain ourselves. So we would actually, because we had a microphone there, we would actually add our own parts of the show. And so there were a bunch of plastic pineapples in the fountain. So we would actually do our own voices for the pineapples. Oh my God. One of them was called Peppy the Pineapple. And he was <laughs> he was here because his entire family had been eaten and destroyed by the people out at the juice bar. Peppy so, was alone in the world. <laughs> and he, and he was his watching way. his his family similarly be slaughtered and sliced up and served to people by the evil juice bar people out front, which was very fun and entertaining for us. And uh, we never got a guest complaint about it. So that was wonderful. And also kind of scary. It was, we didn't, we we always trying to walk that line of not like, you know, not like scaring the children too much. So we, we let them know that it was, uh, that it was all fun and games. We also had a character, which was, which was Bob the chair. And he was, he was a chair who was upset that someone was sitting on them. Steve, where is the, where is your animated show of, I know. of Bob the chair? <laughs> I know it's, it's always been a dream to do an animated show. And I've already, we've got those two characters. I mean, we created them with the course of some really smart and, um, and, and intelligent people there Sounds like working it. the Tiki room. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Wait, so what was Bob's the, Bob the chair's uh job? He was just upset someone was sitting on them. <laughs> and that's uh that was really rude. And so he would start very muffled and then we stand up and he's like, 
oh, and then he would complain about people coming in, just sitting on him indiscriminately. And and the funny thing is the, the Tiki Room show would last 17 minutes and you're supposed to do a show every 20. Uh-huh. And then my supervisors would come down and they go, why are we only doing two shows an hour? <laughs> it's like, shows shouldn't last 35 minutes. So we were just trying to get... What we were trying to do is just like what you're doing is trying to give bonus content to the super fans be, because we loved people that would come to the Tiki Room because it wasn't as flashy as the other rides, but it was a, it was a nice and, and welcoming place and, uh, and all the songs are great and, uh, and all that. So that was just it. We were just providing bonus content to the people who were willing to uh, come join us. This sounds wonderful and I'm sad that I missed it. I feel like we should go like have a psych field trip to the Tiki Room because th- this really does sound like where it all began. That is that is exactly uh, it. And we should talk about psych field trips later. Put that down in your notes. Have Devin. Have Devin. I have it. them already. We're, we're talking about the field trip. She's got it. <laughs> Devin's here. Devin's coming on the field trip. <laughs> I think I was talking to one of the other actors outside. I was like, motherfucker, went off book. <laughs> I think they were committed too. And I was like, we're like, yeah, well, that's not going to happen on the series. I'm sure will echo that uh, when you talk to him as well. I think, especially coming from uh, Aaron Sorkin show, uh, he was not prepared for my ways either. But, you know, I like just just me as an actor, I was like, oh man, that's that's a terrible thing to do to another actor who doesn't have the job yet. But you know, Steve kept encouraging me. He was like, I want to see if these actors can play off of you. I want to see if I want to see what, you know, if, if they if they have improvisational skills. So keep doing it, like keep doing it. I kept being mm. encouraged to like, you know, fuck around and do my thing. So I just, I went with it. And uh, and then flash forward to the series where you shot. You actually taught me so much about improvising and, and quick comedy. You really did. So I credit you for that. So I don't know. Yeah, I hadn't worked with anybody that I got to play like that with. And I think you did in our test as well. These stories are so fun for me to hear because I I I came on later. So I, I don't know this like initial process that everybody kind of went through. So it's really fun. Well, to- moving on to to you, I can tell you that uh, the, the casting of the original character, uh, whose name was what? Lus- Lucinda. Yeah. Lucinda. Um, I should know this because she was Lucinda. Uh, yeah. Was that was the thing we couldn't crack. Like the, mm. show, the show was cast and uh, we tested that role once. Um, could not get consensus. Tested it again with a whole new batch uh, of potential actresses. Couldn't get a consensus. Tested it a third time. Again, with a new set of people, and we went like the that we could not have cast a wider net. It was every type, you know, you can imagine. We brought in so many different versions. And honestly, there was never a full across the boards like sign off of okay, we've got like we've got our Lucinda, but there was one actress who tested all three times. Like there was one actress who kept hanging in. Even though she wasn't getting it, she would test again against a new group. I didn't quite get it. Test again. And that was Annie Dudek. So Annie, because they liked her enough to keep bringing her back, and, and she tested multiple times. It's a great um, actress. Yeah. And, and yeah, is really good at acting. Uh, ended up getting the role. 
um, you know, pretty close to when we needed to like go and, and start, but there was never like the resounding, like, oh my gosh, we've got our Lucinda, the way, the way that there was with all of these other characters. So I, I say that to, to sort of set up the fact that if there were going to be a character in the cycle that ended up, you know, not testing as well or, or not fitting in as, as well as the others, it's not a surprise that it ended up being Lucinda because we had a really hard time casting her to begin with. We should also, Lucinda was not, in the, in, the, in, the, in the pilot script, there wasn't a whole lot for Lucinda to do, I don't think. It was most kind of like banter between her and Lassiter. Yeah, so, I mean, she, she wasn't a terribly flashy role where we go, oh, the next is going to really go on to that big. And the characters were having an affair, right? She was uh, an affair with Lassiter. Lassiter right. was separated. They were they were dating. Yes, they they were, they were they were dating. Sorry, not an affair, not an affair, guys. Okay, well, but they were doing it. They were doing the nighttime dance, and right. uh, and I think <laughs> she was she was supposed to be slightly bemused and curious about Sean in in a way that would antagonize Lassiter even further. Right, he was so firmly. Um, antagonistic and I think that was sort of what they had in mind for the two of them is that over time you know maybe she would start to believe and he wouldn't and how would that affect their relationship and I think that's kind of what they had on the board uh, for those two and then you know we make a pilot uh, everybody really digs it um, sees a lot of potential uh, they test it and that thing that they had sort of decided would would be the Lassiter Lucinda thing was the thing that people were kind of the most on the fence about. And when that happens and and you get, you know, the same feedback enough times, it starts a conversation and you only have one chance to make a move like that before. And it's between pilot and series, right? Like if you're going to pull the trigger, that's when you have to do it. That was the thing that I think people were sort of the least interested in or like, I don't know. They just didn't respond to to that element of the pilot uh, the way that they responded to, to everything else. Um, and so the conversation started. And uh, again, to Steve's credit, like this is a guy who's never had a TV show before. Right. He has no experience to draw from. He's just winging it the whole time. And he's like, yeah, I think I think this is an opportunity. And we were all like in total agreement that Annie Duda was a great actress. Like there's no question that we, that we had somebody who was talented, um, but the fit felt like maybe it could be a little bit better. And I think Annie, you know, to her credit, acknowledged that as well. Um, and so we saw the opportunity to like, to maybe go in a different direction with that role, uh, mine a little bit more comedy out of it, uh, some, a, a brighter overall energy, a lighter energy, uh, and thus began the search for uh, a new lady detective, which landed us Maggie Mawson. So I get the meeting and Kelly's like, you got the meeting. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, Henzi's on board, but I go for this meeting and there's a lot of rules to this meeting that your agent tells you and because like, you're, it's an audition, right? Of course, it's mostly a personality audition. In a lot of ways, they've read your sample, they've responded to your writing, but you're, they're asking themselves this burning question of, can I sit in a room with this person? 
do I like them? Like, it, could I, am I going to be able to? And then you just never know whether they're going to deliver for sure until you get like a first draft of something. You just never know. So it's an interview. It's an audition. But they always say, talk about the show, but don't pitch episodes of the show because it's a lose-lose. Like, this person has created the show. They have their own ideas of like things like you pitch something and it's like not something that they like you're it's over with. So you kind of supposed to dance around the idea of things that would appeal to you, characters that you like, things that you've responded to, but don't pitch an idea. But Steve didn't know any of these rules and I didn't have that much experience with the rules, but I knew going in, I shouldn't do that. And Steve, of course, it's like, Everything about it was dream come true, right? Because I already loved Steve. I already loved the script. I already wanted this job so badly. You go in, you I'm hadn't nervous. Even met us yet. Haven't <laughs> even met you guys yet. This is just how do I get the show? I felt like this show, what was riding on the show, is literally gonna save my career in a way and save my life. Because I was like, I can't think of anything else in TV that I really want. Like that's sort of where I was at. That's what was riding on it. Wow, and Andy, so like that's that. what I was going into with this thing, but I'm trying to be. And Steve's just, he's on the couch and he's, you know, crossing his leg and he's got like kneecaps the size of dinner plates. And it's just like, you know, it was everything Kelly had said. He's just like this six-year-old kid that you want and blow them up to this six foot eight guy. And it's infectious and it's great. And I'm just like, oh my God, I got to work for this guy. Like I got to get on the show. And the conversation starts to die down. He goes, hey, so when you think about the show, do you have any ideas of an episode that you would want to do? And trick it was like, question. trick question. He didn't know, though. I, he wanted to know. He was like, let's, I think it was going well. And he just wanted to hear. And I did have an idea. And and it was Nine Lives. I just said, I, I think I probably pitched him two things. But one of the things I pitched him was, what if a cat is the only witness to a crime? And so the whole time he has to carry around the cat and he's pretending to like communicate with the cat. And he laughed as Steve would laugh, like he liked it or whatever. And but I didn't know. And I left the room and I remember calling my agent and he's like, you pitched. And I did like, he was like, oh, okay. And I said, well, he seemed to like, it. he was like, of course he seemed to like, you know, like he was worried. And then mm. I get a call from Kelly that I got the job. <gasps> and I think it took a while. Cause it was that thing is probably what Steve described. Like there were some upper level people that were already hired. Money was used up. There really was no money left. He probably did fall a bit on a sword to get, you know, a couple of his picks like into this room. And so by the skin of my teeth, I got into the room. But I remember Steve calling me and he said, you know, you got the job and I'm so excited. And he probably gave me the same speech he gave you guys as actors about, you know, the no asshole policy and just, yeah. you know, what he wants to do. I don't come from TV. I come from me. I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, you know, so he's yeah. like, it's just going to be fun. And all this. And he goes, so you're hired and your first episode is, is going to be nine live. Your first episode is the cat thing. Like that's so, write it. so wow. that's that's like how it happened. Were you like, oh, he, not only did he hire me, he loves my idea. And now I get to go write this. Or yeah, were you like, I felt oh. it, I felt really like I just was so I was really grateful. And I was really it's a rare it's rare. The fact that I said I was grateful now coming in, it's rare for me to find perspective and find, you know, but that was a period where I was just like, I'm just so excited to. And, you know, Steve elicits that you want to please Steve and you wanted to just jump on board of his train. Like there were a couple of writers who locked themselves in a room and they had a dry erase board and they're mapping out the structure and they wouldn't come out all afternoon and they were just doing their own thing. And then there was Steve who was just like, God, I, I want to go get pancakes. 
you know, it was just like, you know, we're going to go sit at a diner. And like he would he wouldn't even come in for half the day because he liked to write, you know, at, at diners and places like so he didn't want to be sitting in an office. He didn't even want to have it. He had this big office. It was always empty. He yeah. was always like, let's take a walk. It was always everything that Steve, you know, and you would march around and like, you know, talk about ideas. And it just I was like, this is a dream. I've been used to being in this toxic sit in a room in my swivel mm. chair at a at a round table and like, you know, with my club sandwich in front of me and like just feeling bad about myself. Like, that's what I thought it was. <laughs> and he like, just this is what it is to be a writer. Game. But this is if I don't tell this story, because I don't think this is a story that James knows, but this is where where it ends up going. I write this episode and Steve. Oh, I turn in my first draft and it's like I'm not kidding. I think it was like 78 pages or something. And <laughs> Kelly Kolchuk was like, you're going to get fired. You know, basically, I, I just filled it with like everything that I could think of. And I didn't know that much about the structure and everything. And I just like couldn't help myself. And I just, I'm like, this is as short as I can make it. For people who don't know, what is an hour oh, long? Oh, so yeah. we ended up Me, trying to be know. like, we ended up trying to be like 50 some pages, 52 right. or something like that. Um, you know, there's a lot of dialogue. It wasn't quite Gilmore Girls, but we could get away with a little, but that's all another story of how we- You wrote a movie. <laughs> you I wrote like a, half a movie like, and movie. it just didn't fit into it. But as short as I could make it and I handed it in and- Steve had already read a couple of other drafts of earlier scripts and he, he was not feeling great about it or whatever. Mm. And I was really nervous and I gave it to him and he said, he's going to go to a diner and he's going to read it. And so I'm just pacing around in Manhattan beach at this office, like, and he's gone and he's gone and he's gone. I mean, this is going to sound like self grandizing, but he comes in, he has it rolled up and he walks in and he's just like, this is great. Like he's like, I love this. Well, we're just so happy to talk to you. It's so fun. You're just just so busy making a hit television show in Atlanta right now. No, man, man, look. To show what a great actor Dulé Hill is. So to go from playing Gus, who is always so um, like screaming at the top of his lungs and so (laughs) perturbed, where in real life, Dulé Hill is the most chill man I think I've come across. No, no one exu- uh, mm. maintains the constant chill of Dulé Hill, and so now that you're, it makes sense you're playing you're playing this guy on on Wonder Years whose catchphrase is "Be cool, be cool, be cool, be cool." But it's actually true. I appreciate it, man. I do. There's a lot of there's a lot of crazy that happens on on sets that, and it can it can be wild. And I'll say that even for life too. I mean, we've we've all been through so much together, and mm-hmm. you do you do speaking to that sort of positivity as well. Like you do, stay cool, you stay calm, and you stay positive always. Always. You know, that's I, I try my best to do it because there's only certain things in life that you have control over. You know, because things happen. It's like you, that are so far outside of your control. You have control though over how you react to things. I try my best to not be a reactor. I don't always succeed at it, but I try to I like for example, one of my things is, is, is like when I walk into a room, I try to be a thermostat, not a thermometer. Mmm. I, and you, you do that, Dulé. You can set, you can reset it. You reset. That's what I try room. to do. Yeah. Instead of being like, well, the temperature is hot in here, so I'm going to be hot. No, we're going to bring in some cool breeze. Or if it's cold, let's warm it up a little bit. <laughs> because that's what a thermostat does. You know what I mean? That's like something that's always been in my mind. That's what I try to do is 
because that's what you have control over. I have control over how right. I react to things. Right. It's not always the easiest, but I do have control over whether I'm calm, whether I'm kind, whether I'm welcoming. Yeah. I have control over that. Or if I want to be, if I just want to walk right by you and not say anything, I have control over that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I get offended. I get hurt. I get mad. I get angry. I try my best to rise above that and say, and give positive energy. Yeah. You know, I'm so and, and, oftentimes, and oftentimes when people are, people react in ways that are unpleasant. It has less to do with you and more to do with what's going on inside of them. Yeah. So instead of me just reacting to that and then adding on to it, I try to come at it a different way, you know? We should call this episode, Do They Drop in Wisdom? (laughs) Like, so there we go. I'm so sorry about your friend. Um, That's awful. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, people go through loss all the time. I think it's important to just take in moments. Yeah. Because moments are fleeting. Yeah. You never never know. They're fleeting. And I think, I mean, look, these last couple of years have definitely taught us that, that you you think that this is how things always are. And all of a sudden the world just changes on you. Yep. I mean, it's like, come on, man, we got to sit down and enjoy these moments. <laughs> I will say, in the end, that's all you have is the memory of it. You walk your talk, if that makes sense. Like you, you actually are this person. You do what you set out to do. You show up with that always. Like you really do, and I, I think that is such a rare thing in people. And I, I believe you know people are good, and when you really do that in everything in your family, at work, with all of us. I mean, like you really, you do. Well, psychos, I say, don't don't believe a word she's saying because when this is over, <laughs> I'm going to hang up the phone. I'm going to get off of this and I'm going to leave them both hate messages. I'm going to send them, I'm going to curse them out on the voice memos. <laughs> like, no, you suck it. You suck it. You suck it. You suck it. <laughs> he's not kidding. That's what's actually, he's going to call us both after this. And you suck it. You suck it. <laughs> And now I got to go because I got an H5, 29, 32, 23. Another one? Another one. He's going to go on the psych family family text thread and say, whatever you do, do not go on these goofballs um, podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, it's so good. Um, this is a very cute question that I actually really want to ask you, Dulé. Did someone actually kiss Dulé's forehead or was it drawn on by makeup artists? I think someone did kiss my forehead. Who? That's a, I mean, that's I mean, a good question. It wasn't, it wasn't drawn mark. on. I, I actually don't think you could draw that. So I, no. I, yeah. Aw. Yeah. I wonder, was it Frank? Oh, just to get the perfect outline because we th- have those I, Sean visions. Yeah. <gasps> it may have been Frank. It may have been Frank Whaley. I I think you're probably yeah. right. Uh, yeah, because no like no one else would do it. Like it wouldn't make sense for anyone else to do it. <laughs> but Frank, least, you know, poor guest star. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like now, yes, put this on and I'll kiss Dulé's forehead. Here you go. Right there. That's after you, before after he cried for 25 minutes in that. Scene. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. No, okay. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. I think uh, I think I think Frank did it. Uh, that's some good trivia. Um, Dulé does Dulé believe in ghosts um i think there's an, another realm i do believe like you know energy is never uh what can i say you can never create or destroy energy it's always there yeah so i think there is another spiritual realm that that goes on and maybe maybe there's times that it could kind of cross over a little bit i think it's possible here's what i know i know that i don't know right you, you know and I, th- I think it's important to know what 
what you have knowledge of and what you don't have knowledge of and what is beyond your pay grade in terms of knowledge and that whole world. I'm saying I'm, I wouldn't definitively say that there is no such thing as ghosts, you know, and I will never say that I ain't afraid of no ghost either. <laughs> I will not say that either. You know, what I like is like, ghost, you stay where you are. I'll stay where I am and all will be well. <laughs> I will never forget um, the I'm clock tower night in Mr. Yin, where I think you had vodka on the side for me in case I needed it. But Kirsten, I have chills when I think about it. You had to stay and shoot one, one more thing after, after that scene and with Dulé. Kirsten was at Gerard saying to me, what do you want to drink? Because we were downtown. We were just a couple of blocks away. But you were like, I will literally have this ice cold martini sitting here for you. We sound like such luscious. <laughs> I was just thinking about all these. And I remember showing up. It was a Cosmo. That's what I wanted. I was going to say, I know I ordered you a Cosmo. And you let that, like the two of you, this is just who Tim and Kirsten are, but like that, for, that was a moment I, the, and I will never forget was walking into the drawer, seeing your face and you slid that Cosmo to me. <laughs> and I was like, oh my, you're, we're just each other's people. We're, we're each other's just, people. Each other's people, all of us. But um, anyway, again, we'll save that for that day. But you guys, um, I love all of these why are you crying? Are you crying? Yeah, are you? It's like to me. Kirsten, are you crying? No, I'm not. I, mean, yes. I do the same thing when I think about it. And then, like, listening to you, and you showed me that picture of Lena the other day. And I'm thinking, that be Lena was born. She was born as we went yeah. into the show. It's like Lily and Nora and Henry, too. I mean, just everybody. I, 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 uh, we've been through a lot together, guys. And Lena was our first psych baby. Lena was the first psych baby. Lena was a psych baby. And I think it's actually, I was looking for it in Red Phantom and it's not in Red Phantom. It's in another episode. Uh, she is a baby picture on somebody else's desk. I remember that. So, um, it was like somebody else pushing the stroller and kind of leaning down and going, ah. So if you see, like a random picture on somebody else's, like one of the detective desks. That's, that's Lena. I mean, she's going to be behind me yeah. as the episodes go on, but, um, cause that is my real baby, but yeah, she's on somebody else's desk too. But yeah, she's our first psych baby because we already had Lily and Nora. They were the psych kids. Yeah. Um, and just kind of growing up and now to round it out, we're filling out our family with now baby Levi. Levi. Baby, night, Levi. Night. night, night, Levi. Night, night, Levi. <laughs> On that note, um, anything else uh, you want to add about, because, uh, you know, this is uh, the first of a gazillion we're going to ask you to do. <laughs> we're going to have stories all along. Yeah, and Red Phantom is also the first time uh, that we get a taste of Chief Vic's husband that we never see. Oh, that's right. Because you and I are in the car and when your water breaks, you're on the phone with him. Mm-hmm. And I actually do say, yeah, I love you. Um, so at least. Going, what are you saying to me? Oh, that, that is such a funny moment. Mm -hmm. You're like, yeah, babe. And, mm -hmm. he's, uh, and it's mm -hmm. like, oh, I love you too. <laughs> You're having a heart to heart. And then delivering her baby. And, and the nurse thinks I'm the father. Oh, yeah. I, and you're so, you're like, oh, no, oh, no. You know, big old, uh, big old Carlton. Uh, it's so not who you are. Um, and yet when they put that baby in your arms, you just kind of melt for a moment. 
Uh, and that whole scene, I was very excited to do. And I was, again, scared. And there I am. You know, you have a baby and it, it's, an, it's like anybody. I mean, maybe De Niro did it for Raging Bull. You got to lose some weight after you, after you, you know, prepare for a part. Uh, so me and De Niro, we had the same thing. Um, we had to worry about. <laughs> for that movie is just a testament to how amazing Bobby is. He really is. He really is. Magical. Magical. Good old Bobby. Thank you all so much for listening to season one of The Psychologists Are In and joining our love fest. I know we just spent all this time saying that, but we can't stress it enough. Uh, We just love you and thank you. I cannot believe we did it. Time flies when you were talking about psych, right? We love you all so much and seriously couldn't have done this without all of you. So tune in next week for the start of season two. That's right. We're not even taking a little break. We're going right in. And we'll have the one and only Steve Franks back to talk about the premiere of season two, American Duos. Thank you, guys. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.